Joining us right now is a guy who played some baseball in the nation's capital, Hank Allen, uh, famous brother of Richie Allen, also a good baseball player in his own, and a horse racing trainer as well. Hank Allen, you had the whole package, didn't you? Hey, listen, we try to do the best we could. Hey, you lived in Washington for a few years down there. Can you get any sense of how excited the people are down there right now? Oh, they're they're just beside themselves. It's been many years since they've had a champion. I think the Redskins was the last uh, uh, champion uh, club that they've had here. So they're just beside themselves right now. And that was pre. It's a great environment and atmosphere now. And that's pre Dan Snyder. We want to make that clear. Pre Dan Snyder. Yes, indeed. All right. Joining us now is Hank Allen. Uh, I was a big fan of yours, a bigger fan of your brother's. And how is your brother, Richie, doing these days? As a matter of fact, today he's been inducted into the uh, Negro Hall of Fame today out in Kansas City. He's doing well. Do those things mean a lot to him today? The The picture I oh, had of him goodness, yes. the picture he, I had of him at 25 to 27 years old, he seemed like he was almost like almost like the Terrell Owens of his time, who's this week has said he's going to decline coming to the Hall of Fame. Can you imagine that? No, no. I'll tell you, (laughs) sometimes people say things. I I would find that very hard to believe. You you still think he'll show up? I believe so. Yeah, I think it's really the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Any time when you've been picked to be honored among your peers in, in whatever sport. Yep. That's an honor that uh, can't be denied. I'm yep. telling you. I agree. But, but those kind of things for Richie today are very meaningful for him. I would imagine. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. He was very honored when he got the call and uh, he was, he's been excited about it ever since. All right. Well, I had you on today, not to talk about the Houston Astros, although uh, they're a fascinating team. I, I I had you on to talk horse racing, but I do have to get one quick question in on a, a pitching prospect the Astros have uh, named Whitley. Is his first name Forrest? Yes. Forrest Whitley. He was suspended for 50 games for use of some type of illegal substance um, that he probably didn't know he was putting into his body. But can you tell me how good a prospect this guy is? Well, they they thought that this kid was going to be among some of our, our better players that we have on the roster right now, you know. Wow. And it's just unfortunate when a young kid, sometimes, you know, when you're young and you take vitamins and sometimes you don't know what's in those vitamins that you're taking uh, that can cause uh, those positives uh, to come about. And somehow when you begin to take whatever vitamin, you should probably ask somebody to have them tested so that you want to make sure that something like that does not happen. But that was a real setback for us to have something like that happen. But we'll go with it, and he'll rebound from it and be a better person for it. He pitched last night his first game of the year. He pitched uh, down in the Gulf Coast League, I think. And he pitched, I think, four innings and gave up one hit or something like that. Yeah. Pitched very well. Do you think he yes, could be he a? Did. Do you think he could be a factor out of the bullpen for the Astros later this season? Possibly. It, it, it it's possible, but you know it's hard for a young guy to come into a a, a very 
tight situation like that and expect him to be able to handle handle that from an emotional standpoint, especially if you've not done it before. So what? Uh, pitching out of the bullpen is basically a mental thing. Mm-hmm. You have to become uh, adjusted to that. Uh, optimally, what would you think the Astros now would hope that he he could get to Double A and finish very strongly? enough to yes. really be ready yes. to compete for a job next year, maybe? Absolutely. And seeing you don't want to rush a kid or overdo it because you can destroy a kid's future sometimes when you put them in situations that they've not been in before. And so it'd be better for him just to go ahead and play the season out and then come back and start from the beginning next year. You know, the Orioles got some bad news last night. Hunter Harvey was scratched from his start and there was some type of medical term, but uh, Gary Thorne said it really amounts to shoulder instability. That can't be good news for the Baltimore Orioles. No. As a matter of fact, I saw him last week. I was down there at Bowie to see uh, Britton pitch, and he started the game. Hunter uh, Harvey started the game. Velocity and everything was there. He presented himself well, but just couldn't command his pitches. He, hmm. he had a very difficult time getting out of the Wow. Interesting. Interesting. All right. We're talking with Hank Allen. The reason we had him on wasn't to talk baseball. It's to talk about horse racing and there can be no bigger day in the sport. It's kind of like Thursday night. It's it's you got a chance to win the Stanley Cup is pretty big. And now we're two days later and you got a chance for a horse to win the Triple Crown. Uh, How exciting is this for you as a member of the racing industry, the racing fraternity? Oh, this is exciting because, you know, very seldom do you see horses like this come along uh, uh, once in a lifetime. But to see a horse who's had such a short career so far, uh, but he's shown great ability and good intelligence uh, so far in his races. You know, this is an exciting time. Anytime that a horse is going for the Triple Crown in previous years, that we've seen some horses display themselves to have great ability, but boy, when it came up to the Belmont, they, they weren't, weren't able to get it done to name a few spectacular bid, uh, California Chrome, a uh, few others, you know, and silver, uh, what was silver, first. silver charm. What was the horse yes. and sit and yeah. what was the other real, real, real quiet. Was it real, real quiet? quiet. Yep. Stafford trained him as yep. well. Yes. So yes. how great, I mean, you, you know, when you smell a baseball player, you know Manny Machado's great. You know your brother was a great player. You knew Frank Howard was great. You knew Frank Robinson was great. Is How easy is it to tell what a trainer is accomplishing, that, whether it's partly due to his, his planning and his execution of things? Well, most of the time, as a, uh, an elder trainer told me when I first started out, and he was an elderly man, he was 90 years, 90-some years old at that time, that with a trainer, the horse makes the trainer. Mm-hmm. And good horses, good horses need good trainers. But bad trainers can make bad horses. And the same thing applies with baseball players. You know, good players need to have good coaches and managers, but bad coaches and managers can make bad players. I hear and you. so when you see a, 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 an individual who has the talent, that's something that's God given. The best thing that you can do is just put some polish on it 
but the, the, his ability is innate. That's something that he's been born with. Interesting. We're talking with Hank Allen, longtime Major League Baseball player, longtime scout, also horse racing trainer. You told me about this horse, right? You know, when I, every time I see you in March or early April, we start talking about the Triple Crown a little bit. And you were the first person to mention this horse to me this year. Um, and you've, you've been a believer in him since day one. What did you see about him that had you thinking he could pull this off? Well, early on, I saw, I've seen all of his races. I saw his very first race, and he just displaced that thing called it. Mm-hmm. And he has it. It's something that sets apart an individual when you see them, the way that they carry themselves and can go about their business and what they do, the way he started out as a young horse and he handled himself very well. He does, he does everything with class. He moves gracefully handles himself extremely well on a racetrack, waits until a rider asks him to go. You know, he doesn't try to fight the rider. Mm-hmm. He has good intelligence along with that ability. And those are the things that sets a, a horse apart. You mentioned the rider and the, and the horse not fighting the rider. Can, can a rider, and he's got one of the most veteran guys around in 52-year-old Mike Smith on top of him, can the rider help make the horse a rider goes along for the ride and can assist this horse and again he's listening to the horse and he wants to find out what he likes to do and allows him to do it when he's able you know when he's able to he doesn't try he doesn't try to get him to do something that he's not able to do for for instance supposing you were to take this horse every horse has its own style and he runs the way that he likes to run we see this horse can run on the front end. He has plenty of speed. He's a big, strong horse. But supposing a rider decided, okay, I want to take him back to last and, and then make him a one run. Well, you, you, you know, those are the wrong kind of things to do. A rider has to be in tune with the horse. They're one of the same when he's on. It. And he has to know what this horse likes to do. And that's one of the things that, that comes from experience from a rider's standpoint. And a rider can tell how much horse he has under him as he's riding along, and he uses his hands. A horse goes by, he listens to, he listens to the rider through his hands as, he, as they're traveling uh, along in a race. And Mike is one of the best to be able to judge the pace of the race and knowing what a horse likes to do. This race, of course, uh, we hear it every year. The Belmont is a different animal than the mile-and-a-quarter Kentucky Derby or the mile and three sixteenth Preakness. It's a mile and a half, uh, extra length in there, uh, an extra, what, two furlongs it is, right? Yes. Um, tell us a little bit about how you expect Mike Smith and Bob Baffert to want to execute this race. Do you expect him to be more off the pace, or will he read the pace, and if it's slow, he'll be right out there? Well, one of the first things I think uh, uh, for him, uh, he has to have a good break. He's in one hole, which is, is, is okay, being that this race is a mile and a half. He has to have a good break. And the second thing is I'd like to see him get off the rail. Okay. And then be able to set right on the pace as they're going along. And uh, one of the things here, I think, with, if they're, with the fractions of the race, 
if they go in that first quarter and 24 and change and maybe 25 for the first quarter, somewhere in there, he should be sitting right off the pace. They get to the half right around um, somewhere around 49 to 50 right in there. The the race will be set up just perfectly for him. Now, one of the things in there, you've got a couple of horses in there. Todd Fletcher's horse at Noble Indy, he's fresh, but uh, he's got speed. And, you know, Todd's going to apply the pressure on, uh, try to apply apply the pressure on Justify here to make him speed it up. But uh, Baffert brought along a horse called Restoring Hope, who has speed. And so he can kind of help him take some of that pressure off of uh, Justify uh, with going up to the front with Noble Indy. And uh, that would allow Justify to sit off of, uh, off of those horses going down the backside. Those, those other parts of the entry are owned by different people, correct? I mean, yes. I think, okay. Are they actually trying to assist Justify win the Triple Crown? Or are, and, no, and, no. They're actually no, trying no. to win as much money as possible. You're trying to win as much money as possible because in a horse race, anything can happen. But keep in mind now, they're running for a million and a half first. If you run second or third in you still make a nice. Still, you're still picking up a substantial amount of money in that race. But does Bob Baffert, like a Hank Allen would, if the race has this much cachet and means that much, would he be putting those horses in if he really thought they could beat uh, Justify? Well, here you're, you're trying, not only are you trying to win, if something were to happen in a race, then if this horse has the ability to go on yep. and he's in front of Justify and he has the ability to go on and he finds himself on the lead turning for home, he, he's going to go, go for it. For it. Yep. Yes, I indeed. Hey, yes, indeed. I'm looking at the weather and it says it's 82 degrees up. It will be 82 today. And it's partly cloudy, but there doesn't look to be any rain in the forecast right now. That would be great if uh, we get a dry track today. They were calling for a little rain earlier, maybe, but nothing like they had in the Derby or the Preakness. Nothing Uh, shows up. Let me see. Uh, I don't see a bit of rain. I see see 9 o'clock tonight. There looks like there's some showers, but... Up until 8 o'clock, it's 75 degrees, 74 degrees, and not a hint of any rain right now. That would be great because what this means that there'll be no excuses. Whatever happens in the race, everybody gets the same same track. If one, one track won't uh, favor any horse, and off track won't favor a horse who likes it. it this it evens out the race right here. Before and I, we'll get a true true winner today. Before I let you go, it's interesting. Justify one in a pretty heavy rain at in Kentucky at Churchill Downs, one in a total downpour and a really muddy going. Yet you say good when when I say there's no rain. Is it really better for this horse to have a good, a good, uh, firm surface as opposed to a surface that he's won twice over. Well, I've seen him run on a dry track when he first started out and he handled the, those horses and he handled the race just like he's handled the rest of them. Good horses take yep. the track with them. 
they don't need any excuses at all. All right. You know, it might compromise him a little bit, but he'll handle it. There are those that saw the the last, you know, 100 yards or 200 yards of the Preakness that say, this horse will never hold up for a, a mile and a half. Do you think the kind of weather, the fog, and the fact he had a substantial lead had a little to do with uh, perhaps Mike Smith taking his foot off the throttle? I, I don't think so. You know, sometimes when you, you're coming into a situation like that and where, uh, you, you know, your horse is running on a different track sometimes, uh, you know, he may have thought he couldn't see the other horses uh-huh. how close they were. Some horses will pull themselves up if there's no competition near them. And if they can't see them, yep. when they do see them or hear them, they'll get back into it again. The big question here is, did the previous races, the Derby and the Preakness, uh, did, 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 it, you know, well, did it improve his, uh, his fitness or did it exhaust him? But he appears to be in good shape right now. He's trained well coming up to this. He had two great works. And so and I saw him gallop the other day when he got to, got to uh, Belmont there in New York. And, boy, he looks as fit as a fiddle. Hey, last qu- last question. I lied to you. I said that was the last question. Is the extra <laughs> does the extra week factor in here, and might it give yeah, him absolutely. enough extra juice to to win this? Yes, okay. yes, it is. And the reason that I say that after he win the Derby, he didn't do much training at all coming up to the Preakness, and that may have factored into the reason that the other horses were coming to him at the end. Because he walked for four days after that, and then he jogged for a day or two, and then he went back and he just galloped up to the race and uh, coming to the Preakness. And then he had to fly up here, you know. And so he didn't train. This time he had the opportunity to train. He worked twice in between. All of the things point to this horse being in, in the best of shape coming into this race. All right, Hank, I'll talk to you next April, right? That's, okay, when we'll, that's when we'll talk again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Thanks very much for coming on. All right. Always appreciate care. your insights. All right. The great Hank All Allen, right. uh, not only a baseball player of some renown, not only a uh, scout of some renown, but a horse racing trainer as well.